This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. All right, everybody, welcome to Depression Central. We are going to try to liven up the mood by starting off with a game. I'm Laura, so I'm going to throw it over to Amy to give us this week's game. Okay, we're doing best kick stories that we remember. We can pick one for Nebraska, since we're the best, and then one for somebody else. I'll go first. My kick for Nebraska was a very special one that I'm sure everyone remembers. It was a record for our school, and it was Alex Henry's 57-yarder against Colorado. And my very favorite thing about that was the radio call, listening to it. Um, Ball right on the end. The step oh, here it is. The kick is up. The kick is. Get that way. The kick is. But yeah, that was my very favorite, and I loved listening to the radio call. They played it on ABC or ESPN or whatever it was. So that was my favorite one. I remember where I was. I was in Georgia. Um, I was screaming, and it was just very exciting because I love being in Colorado. Okay. Well, my favorite happened very recently. It was a real beauty textbook kick <laughs> as we beat Northwestern with a very nerve-wracking kick from Lane McCallum. I um, do remember this But one. it doesn't really matter what it looked like because it's three points on the board and we beat Northwestern. Low and hard. It went in. That's all that matters. That's what she said. <laughs> You're welcome. I just <laughs> That was just an easy lob right there. Yep. Well, I am going to pick one that also resulted in Colorado going down. Um, so the year is, let's see here, 2000. And we are playing Colorado. Our kicker is Josh Brown. It's coming down to the final play of the game. We are losing 32-31. to 31, And it's a 29-yard field goal. Time expires. And it's through the upright. So it gave us a 34-32 victory over Colorado. And I actually do remember this one because I remember he had missed the kick before. I think versus, was it Kansas State perhaps? And so it was kind of like a redemption field goal for him. Um, I remember beating Colorado. I always remember beating Colorado. <laughs> good old days. But yeah, that was one of the most exciting kicks that I can remember. That's a good one. He got hoisted off the field on, on his teammates' shoulders. So a win for the little man, Josh Brown. Way to go, Josh. Yes. All right. Well, I think Megan has one that is not Nebraska, but also a good memory. Well, the one I'm going to talk about is actually a controversial extra point. This is when Syracuse was playing Toledo. And Toledo was up. They were winning 27 to 23. And Syracuse scored. So now it is 29 to 27. And Syracuse kicks the extra point. It is clearly not good. But the refs call it good. Don't worry. We have instant replay. So the call is reviewed. And even though it is clearly not an extra point, the refs confirm the call on the field. Syracuse ends up driving down, kicking a field goal, and tying it up. It goes into overtime, and Toledo loses. That was really memorable because it was so crazy. Like, when it was in 2011, and they kept showing the missed extra point, and it was so obvious that it was 
way wide left. Anyway, that was just memorable to me because it's one of those things that goes to show that instant replay does not solve all of our problems. Sometimes the refs still get it wrong. I do not remember this one. Maybe I do. Does it, does it like veer off? I'm, I'm going to have to go look this one up. I can I send you the YouTube video. It's, it's very obvious. It's Toledo-Syracuse, so that's probably why you didn't remember it. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just so crazy because it was so obvious. And, yeah, I don't even know what, what was going on there. But I'll send you the YouTube video. You can, can watch it. Great. All right. Amy, you want to go next? Sure, I can go next. Okay, so this kick was a couple years ago. And it was kind of a big deal for us up here because we live in North Dakota. And North Dakota State... Mine. I should have gone first. <laughs> well, I live in North Dakota, so um, we we do cheer for the Bison. They very rarely play um, FBS teams, but it is kind of a big deal when they do. And they were playing Iowa, and they were keeping it tight the whole game. And then they drove down last second of the game, kicked a field goal, won it. And we were just really excited because we do like them. It was, I think, when Craig Bowl was still there. Um, if not, he had just left. So like, we feel kind of like they have ties to Nebraska and also we hate Iowa. So it was just like a win-win all around. And it was just really exciting. That is a good one. That was also on my list. Um, I remember cause I wasn't watching it, but I was tracking it and they, wherever I was, it was like a bar restaurant or the game. They like tracked over to the game and put it up there for him to kick that game winner. And I was like, it's Iowa luck. Like, for sure he's going to miss it. They're going to get bailed out. So I could not believe it when they actually converted on that one. But all right. Well, I have a little trivia for you guys. What is the longest made field goal in current college football history? One of my current is it has to be without a T, and it had to be with a more narrow modern goalpost. How long of a kick was it? By who and what college? Um, I'm going to say... It's got to be like low 60s. I don't know. I'll say 63. And I don't know. I don't know when it was. Um, I'm going to say 61. And I have no, I feel like it's probably a very obscure college that we're not going to immediately guess. Um, so I will. Family? No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> it's Alabama. No. Um, it, I'll guess some somewhere like Kent State. Well, very close grammatically, Megan. It's actually Kansas State in oh. 1998 okay. by Mark Grammatica, and it's 65 yards. Oh, oh wow. Okay. That's further the, than I would have thought. Quote, unquote, modern era, there have been four people that have kicked 67-yard field goals, but that's, like I said before, they could kick with a tee, and they had wider field goals. So, just a little yeah. kicker trivia for you guys. So, the one that I picked is actually in 2016 um the result the number two clemson went down it is pittsburgh so does anyone remember by the way this is one of the best yes. names for kickers by the way so megan yes. who is it it's blew it chris blew it um he made a 48 yard field goal with six seconds left to basically upset clemson um kind of derailing them from their college football playoff hopes do you guys remember, obviously, right now we have um, the quarterback for Clemson, Heisman Hopeful. Do you guys know who was the quarterback back in 2016 for Clemson? Was it Ke- oh, it wasn't Kelly Bryant, Deshaun was Watson. it? It's yes. Deshaun Watson. Yes. Bam. Good job. Yes. But um, anyways, so Chris Blewett did not blow it against Clemson. Good one. All right, fun. Are you ready to talk about the game, Nebraska-Purdue? 
No. We'll probably never be ready. So let's just jump right in and rip this Band-Aid off. What were your thoughts on the game? Mm. Well, special teams, I will say. Yes, I thought the same thing. That's exciting. Yes. So, woo. A positive. Um, yeah, that's about it. What I came away from the game thinking was at times this year, I've seen like shades of brilliance from every part of our team, special teams, offense, defense, but it just seems like we can't put a complete game together. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, I think everyone is trying to point their fingers. Like what's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem? And I think it's like, a bunch of little ones and I mean, you know, maybe some moderate to large ones in some areas too, but it's, I don't think it's like one specific area. And I think that like one of the biggest things is, and and I hate to do this because I, I love Scott Frost, but I think it's like not like not flexibility in um like changing things up mid game. If something isn't working, play mm-hmm. calling. And the biggest thing for me right now is, how we're using Wandale. He is not an Ozigbo run up the middle, plow for and and that's what we keep doing to him. And here's the thing, if we had a line like Ohio State where there was big enough holes for him to yeah. get through, by all means use him like that. But how we're using him right now, there are no holes for him to get through. He's too tiny. Yes, he's quick, but when there's seven guys, you know, six, seven mm-hmm. guys all around him, like you can't do anything with that. And he he is like his position in high school was wide receiver. Throw him like a screen over the top. Let him blitz. Let him get through the line. We can't hold him off anyway. Throw a screen over the top. Run a short slant. Like get him these short like passes where he's got a little bit of field to work with. And when he just has a little bit of field, he can make stuff happen on his own. But like mm-hmm. he can't go through a line with eight guys. You know, like it just it doesn't work like that. And yeah. So that was my biggest thing is like, we aren't using one day. And then we'll like go to him like three times in a row, the same thing, like behind the line. And it's like, mix it up. Like there are mm-hmm. other guys on the team. Go to Jack Stoll. Like, I mean, that, that time that um, Martinez w- went to um, JD and I think like Martinez likes JD because he's like money. I think Noah's kind of like dropped some passes. There's been some mm-hmm. guys that aren't really like guys he can count on. And so he's like a little bit shy and he just like looks for JD all the time. Cause he's more money, but like he, JD isn't always open. You have to throw it to some of the other guys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just my take right now, but yeah. there's so many what? issues. So many. Yeah. I mean, I agree with the inflexibility and I think that there's a fine line between like having a plan and really sticking to your plan and not being flexible and not making adjustments. Because I think that is one thing that consistently throughout the season, we other teams make adjustments on us and we do not make adjustments on them. Yeah, it's like right. the same old plan, same old plan. And I just, it is frustrating. It's frustrating, especially when it comes to Adrian Martinez, because I don't think any person who watches the games can say that he is playing well or that he is mentally able to run this offense. Purdue was begging us to score on them. I mean, Scott just left Adrian in the whole time, even when he was falling apart. And I'm not saying after one bad play, you yank someone or, you know what I mean? Even after a few bad plays, but when someone is consistently unable to play at a high level, I just feel like you should allow someone else to step up and and go in. And I'm not saying we have to have, you know, a two quarterback system or anything like that. But if someone's having a bad game, 
I don't think it's being disloyal to your quarterback to put in someone else. I think it's really been disloyal to players like Wandale who are out there giving it their all and playing at a very high level and focused and mentally in the game. It's not fair to them to leave Adrian in when, you know, and I don't know what his issues are, but. But I mean, who are you going to put in? Sure, I would put in Vedral or McCaffrey. I agree with you. He doesn't have anybody else to put in right now. I would put in Vedral or McCaffrey. McCaffrey didn't McCaffrey travel with the team without, until his Vedral. I would, I would just pull like a cheerleader off of the sideline and be like, here, like, why don't you try throwing a few balls? I mean, because really, I think the biggest issue I see with Adrian is he can't make quick decisions and he can't. He plays scared. He plays scared. He is a very slow processor. Like he cannot make up his mind. But here's he, the thing. He, he like, hasn't always been like that. That's a this right. year. Sure. It's a hesitation thing. Like sure. it's a hesitation. And that hesitation is costing him because um, Kaden and I always have a tradition day after college football. We always go down and we watch the Nebraska game together again, except when we lose, we don't want to watch it again. So he like will find highlights and stuff on YouTube and we'll watch them. And he was watching a highlight reel of Martinez from last year. And it was like night and day. He knew when to run, when to keep. And I'm not saying he made the perfect decision every single time. Right. But there was no hesitation. Once he decided yeah. what he was doing, he was doing it. And he didn't look he didn't look faster than he does now. It, it wasn't like a, oh, he's like slower now type thing. It was like a decision. Like he's hesitating yes. and he's mentally not faster. Yes. yes. And and it was like, I forgot how good he was last year. Yes. Like that's what it is. And right. like you were saying with Scott, there is a fine line between, cause like as an athlete, I know that you don't play, like when you're scared of making a mistake and knowing you're going to get yanked for messing up, you don't play as well. You really mm-hmm. don't. So right. there is a fine line between like, you've got this, like just play to win, play your best and not having that like thing in the back of your mind, like the coach is going to pull me for one bad play. Right. But on the other hand, knowing that like, if I don't play well, there's somebody else that can take my spot to like, motivate yeah. you to play harder it, it is a very fine line and like I think Scott is trying to walk it and I like it's just a messy situation right now yeah and I'm not I don't know everything that's going on like you know with all of the different players my other thought is Scott has the loyalty not just to one position like he has a loyalty to the team as a whole and it's not fair to them it's not fair to JD Spielman it's not fair to like these receivers who aren't getting balls thrown to them. Um, How long do you wait before you make that decision? You know what I'm saying? Because Adrian has not played well this entire season. Yeah. And I just, none of our receivers are, we don't have any receivers over like six foot. So that is one thing Two, Does Scott need to hire an offensive coordinator? Perhaps. Um, The thing that kind of stumped me is that when we're trying to do these power runs and even dad mentioned it, he's, why isn't Dedrick Mills in? Why, why are we trying to power run it like Amy said with Wandell? Like, he's right. just not big enough. And I then don't the think, I don't... line where we throw it and we throw it to Jack Stoll and have Wandale block for him. Like, yeah. You pointed that out. We're like, why are we there? Like, this is going to be a play that works. Let's have a little bitty guy block for the big, huge guy and let's throw it, you know, seven yards, but throw it laterally, not vertically, and then try to see if we can get it. Just the play calling's terrible. The problem is, is I think we tried to adapt, but not correctly. So now we're screwed up because Adrian, I think the first year had very few plays to run, but he ran them well. He didn't mm-hmm. overthink to do it. I think we now we have more weapons on offense too. And then what we're doing now is that 
we're like, oh, we gave him too many, let's scale back. But now we've scaled back that he's like thinking while he's trying to do his old plays. Oh, I know this other play. Maybe I'll try to like wing mm-hmm. it in or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We've got injuries. It's just, it's an, it's a mess. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about more than one thing too, because it isn't all on Adrian. Like, cause he does have like some scrambling abilities and like he had a throw, I think it was to Noah in the second half that if that was like a Stanley Morgan jr, like some of the receivers he had last year, that would have been a catch and it should have been a catch. Was it like, you know, perfect right on the money? No, he had to lay out for it, but you still have to catch that. Like he's on the run throwing mm-hmm. like across his body. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, you have to help him out and make those catches. Like they are catchable. And like, so his receivers are kind of like letting him down too. And I think that's in his head. It's, it's just like a myriad of a bunch of things on yeah. all sides of the ball is what it is. Okay. And we even yeah. saw Frost on a few plays where Adrian could have easily run for it and didn't. Yes. And yes. Because, Scott, yeah, because Scott's, Scott's like Adrian run for yeah. it. Yeah. So well, I, here's, um, the problem, though. here's the problem. That's what I'm talking about. Adrian can't make that decision. When Adrian yeah. is told you are running this play, it is a great play and he runs in for a touchdown. If Adrian has to do the run pass option and he's deciding on his own, he will not make the right decision like every yeah. single time. And it's just like, it's too much for him. I don't think he has like right now at this point in the season, he's not showing me that he has the mental ability to run this offense. Yeah. And that's when their backup, backup, their third string can come in and lead them down the field. Like every other team is going to their second, you know, third on injuries. And their players come in. The the coaches trust them to pass. The coaches trust them to run the offense. And we go through our second string, third string, get back to our first string, and we won't even let him do that. I don't know. It's just, I think there's so many issues. I don't even know how they're, I don't know how they're going to fix it. I'm not at that point where it's like we're unfixable because a lot of it is like fine tuning, like, smaller things getting back to fundamentals stuff like that but a lot of it too is like we we still have talent coming in as well like I'm not it's not like an unfixable thing it's just like a back to the and like I don't know if the difference between last year and this year is that like we just perfected the few plays that we had last year and so they they were better at them and then there's too many plays in the arsenal Mm -hmm. this year like I don't know what the deal is we did lose offensive weapons last year like yeah, our offense shouldn't ha- be as good this year. Like people are like, oh, it should be better, but no. Like when you lose a Stanley Morgan, yeah, Zigbo, like it, we aren't as good this year, and like our defense stepped up. So I mean, there there's improvements being made, and we have talent coming in. It's not something that's like unfixable. And like something in Scott Frost's press conference that he was like, I came here to fix Nebraska, and I'm not leaving till it's done. Mm-hmm. Like he still does need time. Like, and I don't think he is like unflexible, like stubborn. Like I'm not going to change. Yeah. The way. I think it's like, I'm sticking with this cause it's worked. And like, I want to give it the proper time before I go away from it. Like that's yeah. just what we see from him. And so it's like, I, I'm not at a, like we're done, you know, we're broken. Like nothing's ever fixing us. It's just like, it's not fixed yet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not saying, like, Scott needs to go or anything like that. Like, I think he will work hard. Like, I think these kinds of setbacks are inspiration for him to really rise to the challenge and figure things out. Um, And, like, it is year two. I don't expect everything, you know, to be fixed and working perfectly. But I, I do feel frustrated. A game like Purdue, we should have won that. 
we had more talent and we had the opportunities to win it and we just didn't perform it. I think that's what's frustrating to me is that we didn't need Adrian to perform at, you know, a 10, like we just needed him to perform at like a seven, you know, and not like shoot himself in the foot. We're losing to lesser teams and that's, you know, right. State game didn't burn as bad because it's like, they're incredible. Like, you know, we're not there yet, but yeah, Indiana, like, yeah, Purdue. It's just like that's where it just. Well, here's a little stat for you guys as we transition to talking about the next games. Willie Taggart just heard the news. Megan, I called it. He is the first to get fired after. Yes, we were right. You <laughs> we were right. Um, do you know what his record is? He was only there for two years. Well, not even two years. Isn't this the second his year? Record is better or worse than Scott Frost's? I think it might I be better. It is better. Willie Taggart went nine and twelve and got fired. Scott Frost is eight and thirteen. Now, not at all saying he needs to be fired. I think that's going to create more turnover if we do. Don't think he's yeah. even considered to be fired. But interesting stat to look at. Other teams are looking at someone saying nine and twelve, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. Worse than eight and thirteen. But here's uh, the thing: all our problems started when we fired Frank Solish after a yes. ten and season. Okay, so like, mm-hmm. they get that out of here. Like, I don't even want to be hearing, like, all these people that are calling for Scott to be fired. Like, I, I literally... I, mean, that, like, on, I don't think any trust or fans are calling for that, though. No, I, not a lot, but I, some are... For, but I just, I, I just, want to, like, look them up and go do things to them. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I think that really goes back to your AD is such an important part of your university. And we had two really, really bad athletic directors right in a row. And I actually think Bill Moose is doing a much better job, but things don't change overnight. Like Amy said, you know, you've got to give it time. You've got to give Scott more than two years and you have to allow him to make some mistakes and learn from them and adjust. So I think it's just frustrating as fans we were so excited when he came in and we saw how quickly he turned things around at UCF, which is a totally different situation. When you're not in a, yeah. yeah. You're not in a power five conference. Things can turn around more quickly. This is, a, this is probably one of the toughest conferences in terms of strength of schedule football, and it's not going to change overnight. And I think we do have to be patient, but in the meantime, you know, we can't, we can't help but be frustrated watching <laughs> to Purdue. Well, let's go to our football on fleek segment. Hold on, though. I have one joke. Okay. Well, we need it. Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes, we're ready, Amy. Do you know what I miss? Winning football games. Yes, that, but... No, I don't. What do you miss, Amy? When it was a breeze beating Purdue. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. He was there at the game. Did you see his, like, pregame, like speech or whatever yeah i did yeah and they said that like last time he went up he like went in the booth to visit and they like put a microphone on him and made him stay for like a quarter and a half and do like analysis and so that's why he wouldn't go up in the booth this year he's making that mistake again he stayed on the sideline so anyway that was my joke so you guys are welcome thank you okay amy what is football on fleek football on fleek so we have cutest little kickers do they have to be little yeah, mine's not little, and I'm going they first. Don't, they don't have to be little. No, this is my segment. I call the shots. Here's the thing. We okay, can't pick do all the segments. No, I don't. All the ones where we have to pick stuff. That's not true. I'll throw it over to you first, but just hold on. 
It just don't take hers. <laughs> We're cutest kickers, and they can't be from Nebraska because we'd all be fighting over our kickers. We obviously know they're the cutest and the best, so pick from someone outside Nebraska. Laura, you may go first. Thank you. And I'm going to, like Megan, make this game my own because I picked a punter, but hey, they could also kick if needed. And he is not very little because he's actually 6'5", 240. And I picked him because he's decent looking, I guess. <laughs> I kind of look like he's like 35, but mostly because he's left-footed. So oh. I had to give some love to the left-footed. Um, he is a left-footed punter and he is from LSU. His name is, and he also sounds like he's a rich, wealthy white man. Zach von Rosenberg. Okay. But he's also one of the top punters in college football. So. What was his name again? Zach? Zach von Von Rosenberg. He definitely has some pictures that are better than others. Yeah. Uh, He just looks like he could run, like, a hedge fund on Wall Street. Yeah. He looks like he could be a baseball player to me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Decent, decent. Okay. He's from the SEC, though, so he loses a couple points for that. Well, why does it say he's a former pro pitcher he is a baseball oh my player gosh. he is that's why he looks like one yeah he was selected in 2009 by the pittsburgh pirates that is also why he looks like he's 35 he probably is, he is. <laughs> he's actually only 28 but that's okay but still significantly older than many of the kids he's playing with so did baseball like not work out and then he just decided to be a punter <laughs> or maybe he decided he wanted to finish his education and thought hey i'll try something new i don't know that's he weird. retired from baseball following the 2014 season okay huh. and he spent six years in the minor leagues that's crazy okay. so yeah i mean all-around athlete i feel like he's mr american i think he's mm-hmm. a good pick yeah that's a good one okay megan do you want to go Sure. What did they have to be current kickers or? Well, I, I use an yours old one. So why don't you just go ahead and use an old one? Because then that way I know you won't take mine. Okay. One of my favorite kickers of all time. Penn State. No. That little short fat man. Okay. No. It was well, <laughs> close. Not Penn State though. It was a Wisconsin kicker, Raphael Gaglioni. Yes. He is 5'11", 238 pounds. Not the typical kicker, but he was very, very good. I actually, I, know. I love about him is after uh, Sam Foltz and Mike Sadler yes. died in mm-hmm. the thing, he wore Sam Foltz's number for that yes. season yes. after that, yeah. and he switched to 27 for him. And so I always cheered for Wisconsin when they weren't playing us just because of their kicker, because I thought that was like the coolest thing ever that he did that. Yeah, um, it's very classy. Okay, yeah. well, here's the thing. <laughs> I made it done. What, were you done, Megan? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yep. Jeez, Laura's always making me sound like some horrid person on this. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Amy. Take it away. Like, do that to me. Um, anyway, so I can't believe that two weeks in a row I'm going to give a nod to Texas. But okay. part of it is his name. <laughs> and yes. part of it is him too, but I, let, I picked the other one. So okay, okay, yes is Cameron Dicker, Dicker the Kicker. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> and mnemonic device there. I am I am going to send you guys the, the his headshot on um, <laughs> the roster. It looks, yeah, it looks like he's 12. He looks like he's 12. He looks like he hasn't grown into his head or his teeth yet. And he just looks, it's like super cute. Like he just reminds me of like an eight-year-old that should be out like playing baseball <laughs> in the sandlot. Like, um, got a picture. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's like, really cute in like a little boy way not like yes. attractive and um like his head just looks like 
too big for his body. He's just so cute. I don't know. And I just remember what last year, I think it was, when they beat Oklahoma. And the announcer was like, because um, he... Josh Johnson? I, I think the game was tied. And he went out there and it was like all on him. And, and he was like, Dicker the kicker. came <laughs> And then like it was on the headlines everywhere, like Dicker the kicker. And, yes. I don't know. And then his little grinning face with his big old teeth. I just think he's cute. So, yes. He actually was born in Hong Kong and lived in Shanghai and Taiwan throughout his life. Wow. He is a sophomore and also, okay, his major's undeclared. I'm sorry, how are you like halfway through your sophomore year and you're still undeclared? You're just there to play football. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Okay, let's keep this moving. All right. Well, thank you, Amy, for that segment. I'm sure everyone is quickly Google searching all of our picks. Let's go ahead and talk about our picks from last week's games. I didn't total them, but I think just through our text conversation, Amy and I tied with five, correct? No, no. I think Amy won with five and you had four, Laura. Oh, bummer. Okay. Yeah. Oh. But it's hilarious that I lost. Because <laughs> I like winning. We will go ahead and recap last week's games. Amy was our winner with five. Can you Let's- repeat that one more time? <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's segment. We are going to talk about last week's games. Um, Amy was our winner with five. Um, And let's go ahead and talk about all of our picks. So the first game that we all picked um, was Kansas State, Kansas. All of us went with Kansas State on this one, which was a good pick because they absolutely blew out Kansas. I didn't watch too much of the game. Did you guys? I didn't know. No, the I actually tried to, but the channel it was on like had bad weather or something, and they were experiencing technical difficulties, and there was like no picture. Like you could see the grass or like the turf, and then you couldn't. It was just like a purple swirl when Kansas State. It was just a mess. Anyway, so I couldn't really watch it. But I'm not surprised by that score. In fact, that was like of the two that I picked that would be good to put money on. Um, it was Illinois and K State. Just because K-State has a solid run game, they exposed Oklahoma, and then Kansas, I can't really stop that. So I was not surprised by that game. Um, second game that we picked, TCU-Oklahoma State. We, again, once all picked Oklahoma State, which is another great pick for us, you guys. Um, Oklahoma State did up winning and covering. Oklahoma State, I don't know, they've got such a high-powered offense. It always just comes up down to their defense, if they're going to be able to stop people or not. And mm-hmm. let's be real, they're facing... <laughs> another terrible um, Big 12 defense. So I felt like they could put up enough points, and they did. I guess that's a hot take on that game. No one else has anything else? Well, I mean, we all agreed, so I don't know what else to say. Yep. <laughs> Let's go to the next one then. Um, this is the one that I got correct. Um, so Georgia played Florida. Both Megan and Amy took Florida. I took my man, Jake Fromm. Uh, he came up big with a couple throws, and Kirby Smart after the game was yes. basically like <laughs> such a little, like, I don't know, negative. Yes. He's basically like, I'm so glad our fans, like, supported us, dot, 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 even though they said Jake Fromm can make a throw. Yeah, um, and here's the thing. I don't I, – I mean, maybe that's what Georgia fans were saying, but I don't think anyone I was listening to was saying that. I think everyone that was criticizing Georgia – from what I was hearing, they were criticizing the offensive coordinator. The thing is, I don't think that Jake Fromm has been that impressive this year. Well, like, he's not. He's not that impressive. Jake Fromm is an okay quarterback. He's okay, okay at throwing. He is okay at running. I think his real strength is managing a game. I think he has the mental awareness and the decision-making skills for that position. He's not going to be a Joe Burrow, and he's not going to be a Justin Fields. Like, he's he's not that kind of a dynamic player. I think Georgia's problem was 
their offensive coordinator, he's trying to make them a throwing team with Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm doesn't have the receivers either. And so they have DeAndre Swift. Why are they not using him more? That was the criticism I was hearing. So it was just like Kirby. I mean, maybe there are people criticizing Jake Fromm. Yeah, and he's down there. So maybe he hears more. Yeah. I mean, it's great that he's defending his quarterback. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't feel like that's the criticism. I feel like people are looking at the coaching staff and saying you guys are making bad play calls, but whatever. It actually was very close to the Georgia got up a bit for a while and then it ended up being like seven points and it was a six point spread. So it was very close. It was. And Georgia went for two at the end. So if they would have just kicked an extra point, then they would not have covered. It would have been a push. So that was a good one for me. Um, Miami, Florida state, um, I took Miami in this game. I think Amy, you did too. Mm-hmm. And then no, Amy, Florida, no, Amy and I took Florida I picked State. Florida State. Um, okay. Well, then yeah. how did I not get five right? So I had Utah, Miami, Georgia, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. I think you did. I think, yeah, I think we both got five. Because you, cause you got Maybe the I didn't. You got the first two, and then I got the last three, and then we both got the middle. You lost USC. Yes. You lost SMU. Yes. Those were the so that, lost. You yes. lost two, then you got four right. We had SMU Memphis one, Utah Washington two, Oregon USC three, Miami Florida State four, Georgia Florida five, TCU Oklahoma State six, uh, and the okay. State Kansas right. seven. Okay, I see it. Megan like does not want to give me a win here. She's like, you did not get it right. Oregon at USC. USC let me down on this one. They got blown out. I think Megan and I did USC. Amy got Oregon. Amy, what did you think about Oregon? I they finally I, well, first of all, because like I've picked Oregon several times and they haven't come through for me, and I was like, they are coming through this time. I just like by statistics and like math, I just figured that it had to happen. But also, I just I don't think USC is as strong. I think that Oregon is like you know, on that final push desperately trying to make something for the playoffs like they know that they have to make statements they can't just like barely win games and so I did see them winning and like covering handily um and that's why I picked them and that's kind of what they did it was close at first in the first half but no it was close at first and then um they had a pick six and a, a punt return and then second half was like lights out um so next game was Utah Washington <laughs> I, I kind of joked last week's segment that I hadn't really watched them play at all. Really didn't watch much of this game either. Although I do remember, I think Utah was down at one point, 21 yeah, to 13. I did watch it. It was back. incredibly frustrating because Washington was up. And then, yeah, Utah came roaring yeah. back in this end yeah. of the second half. And that's, so. that's how Utah has been. They've been more of like a second half team. And like their, you know, their first game I said last week against BYU, I was not impressed with them. But they have been coming on strong. It's just like if they could not... Not that they fell apart, but if they could, like, not get dig themselves holes, like, in the first half and have to come out of them, they could be a lot more dominant and make a bigger name for themselves. But they're just, they keep, like, I don't know, like, like mental errors getting down, and then they have to dig themselves out of a hole to come back. And if they didn't have to do that, like... But uh, Amy and I took the Utes on that one. Uh, last game, SMU at Memphis. <laughs> Also, as I was watching all these games, I felt very confident about myself because all of the games I got right were the, like either the morning or the afternoon. So I was sitting at five and five going into the last two games, which was Oregon and USC, and then which I obviously dropped, and then SMU Memphis, which again I dropped. So I ended up going zero and two for the last ones. SMU at Memphis. This was college game day. SMU was undefeated. Megan and I both took SMU. Uh, Memphis did end up winning. Amy had that pick. 
Um, it was a back and forth game, though. Um, I didn't watch a ton of it, but I did like tune in. Well, Memphis got up huge. It was yeah. back and forth, and then Memphis got up huge, and then SMU kind of came back a little at the end, but it was like too little, too late type of thing. Yeah. I remember watching Memphis play South Alabama this year, and they just destroyed them on every facet of the ball. It, it was like close to 30 to zero or something in like the third or fourth quarter. I just like they just manhandled them. And I was really impressed with them. That was really the only game I watched them play. But I just kind of thought like SMU hadn't really seen anyone like them yet. And so that's why I picked Memphis to cover. And you were right. Love being right. So to conclude, Amy and I tied, even though, again, Megan didn't want to give it to me. Uh, Correction. Thank you. Laura, you are just as good as Amy. Thank you very much. Also, Actually, little... so tally up all of our games from everything that we picked this season. I'm winning over both you guys, but just that's just an FYI for if any fans cared about that. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. <laughs> I know. Okay. Like, she noticed that the last segment she wasn't contributing anything, so I knew she was going back and like counting. Uh, <laughs> a little okay. question for you guys. So obviously, uh-huh. SMU undefeated and went week down this week. What other undefeated team lost? Appalachian State. Very good. Yes. Uh, that was yes. was that the Thursday or Friday night game? Yes, it was the yes. Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Here's a question for you guys. Do you know what the final score of the Baylor West Virginia game was? Um, yeah, that's what I was watching because I was hoping that that one would be the upset. And so yeah. I was like not watching the Appalachian State game. And then I was like, dang it, they didn't have the upset in that game. And I spent my time watching that and I could have watched the upset in the other game. Was oh. it like 21 at one point? I no. Vaguely, no, it wasn't. That's not the game I'm thinking of. I don't it was know. like the most non Big 12 score ever. It was 17 to 14. Yeah. So Baylor is hanging on by a prayer. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. they keep winning these games, but I feel like they're like, it's going to run had, out soon. West Virginia had two chances at the end to drive down because all they had to do was kick a field goal to send it into overtime. Yeah. And they punted the first time. And then they actually got the ball back with like close to a minute and they didn't it then either so there was a couple chances for it to happen that's why i was actually watching that game but well well, let's let's go to this coming week's picks yes let's make some picks for this coming week nebraska is not playing so once again we can relax and enjoy ourselves while we are watching some of these games and eat some snacks yeah great birthdays and her lots of expensive gifts oh that's right yes our very own laura is having a birthday it's a big one so um, diamond earrings I bought you two years ago. Yes, because I was with you. Yes. Well, you picked them out, but do you remember me buying those for you? I do. What did What did Megan get you that year? Cold hard cash, which I also am not afraid of. <laughs> you are welcome. Okay, whatever. Okay, right. so for game number one. Game number one. Enough birthday talk. Focus in on this segment. Rapid, um, fire. Rapid okay. fire segment. That's right. Penn State, Minnesota. The spread is six and a half. Penn State is favored. Penn State. I'm also taking Penn State. Amy? Okay. Um, here's the thing. No, Penn rapid State, fire. Rapid fire. Penn State Amy, that's really no, process. I, I, go well, ahead. Go I ahead. like my reasons, okay? Yeah, Penn we State is, is very good against the run. They don't handle the pass as well, which Minnesota, I feel like, has both. Um, and so... I actually think that Minnesota can make a game out of this. I'm going to pick them because it gives me a chance to get a game up on you guys. Um, 
I don't know that it'll happen, but I think that they do have the talent to do that this year. So I'm going to pick Minnesota. Okay. The game day game is LSU, Alabama. Alabama is favored by six and a half. It's a popular number. What do you guys think? Is Tua back? How are they favored? Am I missing something? Um, they were favored. I mean, this line has come down. They were yeah. favored by almost 17 when it opened, which is crazy to me. Tua is a game time decision. I don't know what I think. Originally, I thought he won't play because if Alabama loses this game, they want that excuse. But I kind of, I, I'm kind of worried. I really am worried that Saban's going to play him. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm taking LSU. I'll Why are you LSU. worried Saban's going to play them? play him who do you want to win well I'm not worried about the I'm worried about his ankle I think <laughs> I think Saban is like, about him as a human like the, yeah. mom, the mom and you was like worried about two yes yes the mom and me is like it's not worth it you know the rest of your life but um I'm a little bit worried you've got that pin in there hold it together yeah I mean I don't know we'll all see all right I'm taking LSU because I basically want to cheer for them so I'm taking LSU okay all right Amy yeah, this is tough. If Alabama's healthy, I just think that they're better. But if we don't even know who's starting, yeah. um, and they're, sh- they're they're not deep on defense right now. They got some injuries on defense, too. I'm going to go LSU. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting game because neither team has a great defense. It's right. going to be more, it's such a like flip from the usual script here. It's going to be a really high powered offense versus another high powered offense and no defense. And so it's going to look like a big 12 game. I think I'm going to go with Alabama. I do think that they're the better team. I don't know. I do too, but I just, if Tennessee can, can yeah. hold their own with them when two is out, um, then I just see LSU being able to hold their own better. That's my basis. Cause yeah. I just, I don't know about Tua. Yeah, and I just like I feel like LSU has played better teams this year than Alabama has. They yeah. have more preparation. You know, they played Florida. Um, I just, yeah, I guess that's why I'm going with LSU. Okay, okay. all right. I feel like Reese Davis on College Game Day. Okay, fast picks, fast picks. Okay, all right. Kansas State, Texas. It's at Texas. Texas is favored by five. I am going to take K State. I'm taking K State too, just because I don't want to cheer for Texas. We'll see. They. I hate it when we all pick all the same, but like, yeah, there's no way I'm cheering for Texas, so I have to pick K-State too. All right, easy enough. Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored by 10. Oh, this is tough. This is a hard um, one. I'm going to pick Iowa. I think Wisconsin will win. I'm going to pick Iowa to cover, so I'm going to take Iowa. Okay. I'm going to pick Wisconsin. I just think they're better. Iowa's secondary is really weak. So if they can just get some passing going and then, you know, open up their running game with Jonathan Taylor, I think that they can blow it open bigger than 10 points. So I'm going to go Wisconsin. Okay. I'm going to go Wisconsin as well. Iowa State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored by 13 and a half. Okay. I am picking Oklahoma in this game. Knowing from personal experience, when you're like up there close to playoff, mm-hmm. pick playoff picks, and you lose a game, and then you have a bye, and you have to sit and stew and stew about that loss. Um, I just think that Iowa State, like, and I know they've played them tough in the past, but I just don't think it's even going to be close this year. I mean, yeah, yeah. like I'm picking Oklahoma. I mean, Jalen Hurts is trying to get up there, too. I'm taking yeah. Oklahoma as well. Yep, he's good. Right. They, they got a point to prove, so. Yeah, as much as I hate this, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Oklahoma. So we all, we're all in agreement on that one. Two more games. Stanford. Stanford, Colorado. Stanford favored by three. Stanford. Okay. 
Yeah, I just I don't think Colorado's. I think Montez. They have the. I think they have the better quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to cheer for them. So I'm going to. I'm going to root for good old Stanford and hope Andrew Luck can cheer them on from the couch. Okay, Amy. Um, I don't think Colorado's that good. I also cannot abide cheering for them. So I'm going to go Stanford. Okay. Megan's going to pick Colorado because she wants to get a win. Yes, she <laughs> likes to be different. Too. I know she's going to. I am going to pick Colorado. Yeah, um, the whole game. I had to pick a game from the Pac-12, and they were all terrible. And so I decided to just pick from the very bottom of the Pac-12. So this is like the game of who can lose this game, really, more than who's going to be the winner. Um, Okay, final game. This is my ACC pick, which is also very difficult to find a good game in that conference. Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. Wake Forest is favored by three and a half. Are they playing at Virginia Tech, though? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm still going to go Wake. I'm going to take Wake. They blew out NC State. They barely beat Florida State, though, so I don't know. Well, I'll just go Wake, whatever. I have no reason. I'm taking Virginia Tech. They played Notre Dame really close. Um, I think they're a little bit stronger. Um, not that Notre Dame is that great, but um, right. I – Mom's texting us. I'm trying to see time. Are you working on College Dame Day now? <laughs> yes, Mom, we are. We are. Yeah. Hi, Mom. We just got your text, and I am headed to work. We'll call you to duo later. Um, okay. Anyway, I'm picking Virginia Tech. Okay. I got to go. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pick Virginia Tech as well. I think they've kind of turned a corner, um, and they look like they're playing better. So we'll see if that continues. Anyway, those were all the games I had to pick for this next week. So we can see what happens. All right. Enjoy the wrap this up. Yeah. Enjoy your snacks. Go Big Red. Go Big, Go big Red. red. <laughs> you guys suck. That was the Perfection. worst. Perfection. That was excellent. See you later. Okay, bye. 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 Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content. You, you were stumbling over your words, and you almost said fart twice. It just made me laugh. I'm sorry. Okay, forgive me for stumbling over my words. Um, I did not realize that I almost said fart <laughs> twice. And then you said sex. Now you said it. You made you say it. You said <laughs> fart.